Well, good morning. This is Libby Baker Swiger with the Muse Now, and I'm here with Hale Belvin. He's an author and a publisher. And how are you this morning, Kale? I am blessed. Thank you. How's it going with you? I'm pretty blessed myself. Amen. Especially That's it. Talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, first of all, I wanted to ask you how you and your wife got into the publishing business. Ah, great question. Um, we got into the publishing business originally in 2008. We re we published our first book. Um, it was a, co a collection of poems called A Man in Transition. And so my wife convinced me that I should release my poems because once I refound my faith, she felt that the world would benefit from seeing the other side of the man that I was. And I said, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm going to pray about it. I believed in it. I believe in my wife, so I listened. And men, if you're listening, listen to your wife. Trust me, they know more than we give them credit for. And so I did that. Well, in the two years that my poetry book was out and we traveled and we talked and, you know, I performed the poems and I, I read. I'm not a performer. I, I, I perform in a classroom, but I read. Um, I noticed that a lot of authors were having so many complaints about being robbed of their rights, paying too much per book and a lot of negative so I did some research and I realized that what I did with my first book, I felt that my wife and I could do for other authors um, on a regular. So we sat down, we, we did some more research and we invested in ourselves and we created our own publishing company. And it's really a literary service provider company where we provide the services that authors need to self-publish their work. But at least we take the guesswork out of it. We take the fear out of it. We allow authors to know that their foundation is going to be solid. We actually put out there on our website that we are a faith-based company. We felt that there was enough individuals out there who wanted something different, who had works of art that were scared to put them out there. And this is what we did. So in 2010, we started our company. And in the five years that has been, I mean, excuse me, in the three years that has been since we started the company, we have published 12 books since then with a couple more on the horizon. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, you take your hits, but we've, we've hung in there. Uh, we haven't made the profits that we thought, but we've held our ground enough to at least have a flag in the game. So hopefully if someone can spot us and, and, and see what we do, then maybe we can help these authors that we work with get to a higher level as well as ourselves. Well, uh, this is really interesting because uh, Cynthia Khan, the woman I'm working for with Amuse Now, uh, has a similar vision. In other words, she's doing something that she feels very motivated to do, and uh, she's doing it on her own. Mm -hmm. And that's Amuse, Amuse Now uh, e-commerce website to help artists publish their ebooks, musicians okay. get their music out, and then uh, short filmmakers get their films out. Okay. I think she's doing it on her own. It has to. Um, in today's society, with the recessions and a lot of folks not having the resources that they once had um, or was, was squandered, whichever way you want to look at it, we have to get back to some of the things that the Lord demanded from us and that's to be creative to use our hands to use our talents and we also have to start searching for other individuals who want the same thing so I'm glad to hear that she did that because there are folks out there looking for someone that they can trust someone that they can feel comfortable with that's not going to try to take every dollar that's available like my father said um, 
you have to leave something on the table. You have to, you can't take everything because if you take everything, there's nothing left. So tell me about a managed transition. What it is, and I'm, I'm holding up the, the cover here if they can see it, so it might be, uh, it's oh, um, nice. yeah. a little abstract. What we try to do is we don't like stock photos, so I try not to create covers where you're going to see the picture on 17,000 books so yeah. my book gets lost. So that's, that's the first one. Um, yes, we're trying to keep life in the genre. Um, poetry was a genre that was so readily respected at, at a time in the past. It's actually the most successful selling genre of all time. But like anything else, it's been bastardized. And if that's a word offensive to anybody, I apologize. But it's been created with, it's been moved to with such disrespect that we've seen the kind of lost. There's something to poetry that allows for direct expression that touches directly into something that a reader is dealing with as long as I'm writing and as long as I'm publishing there'll be a home for poetry somehow some way so we've actually published five one two three four five uh, poetry books and we actually have an ongoing poetic series that each year we try to put out a poetic anthology that features multiple poets so this way those poets have an opportunity to make money as well as be seen and, and heard in different parts of the country so definitely and this is actually the first one Man in Transition. Would you like to hear something? I would love to. Okay. Now, this is one of my favorites. This is, I don't know if you want to call it the showstopper, but this is the one that causes the women to go, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This one is titled Perfect Woman, If Only in My Mind. I ask myself, why am I so lucky? Is there a reason I'm so blessed? But you're never supposed to question God's work. I say God because... How do you explain her patience with me? There is something about the way she understands my needs. Are there other women who would love another's children like her own? Would another woman be strong enough to trust God and take you back when you have tasted someone else's fruits? Her soul is pure enough to douse the evil that once filled my own. My vanity, pride, and smugness have been replaced with concern, endearment, and gracefulness. I now concern myself with more than just my own needs. Her smile fills my heart with joy. Her tears burn up my soul and demand my immediate attention or screams for forgiveness. I am blessed with the equal. So again I ask, why am I so lucky? Does the Lord see something in me I don't see? He must. She is sexy beyond belief, even when she sleeps. Can that comfortable look come from what I have brought to her life? The world is funny. One minute you're all alone. Next thing all your dreams are being answered. Thank you, Father. Well... The only course of action is to leave all my worries, fears, and concerns at the Lord's feet. Something about having the right woman makes each day, night, and morning special. I really do have the perfect woman, if only in my mind, by K.L. Belvin from A Man in Transition. When you're not <laughs> writing poetry and publishing, you're an educator. Yes, 15 really? years, New York City Department of Education. And where do you work? I work in Brooklyn, um, urban neighborhood in Brooklyn. Actually, my whole 15 years in um, the Department of Education has been spent in urban neighborhoods. I'm a child um, from an urban environment, and I feel that the only way to change the environments that these kids live in is to stay in the neighborhoods. But one of the things that I do as an educator is, is, is press hard, very hard, to get young men and women to not allow their environments and even their home settings 
to dictate what their life is going to be because no one can dictate what your future is going to be but the Lord. And our kids don't see that. They don't hear it enough. The music, the movies, the videos do not promote it. And my wife and I use our marriage. We use, she's a mentor um, with a, a young ladies group. I'm a mentor. I have a young men's group that meets once a week. I will do everything that I can even give my life if I have to to find a way to get these young folks to not give in to what's being sold to them. Tell us about your latest book. From Gigolo to Jesus, yes, my memoir. Um, back to my lovely wife again. Um, the poetry book got a lot of people's interest. They wanted to know, and of course the question always came up, how were you able to make that transition? How were you able to go from being a person who admitted to being with 300 women made a bunch of babies with different women. I was everything that was negative about a man, and I was everything that epitomized the urban environment. Well, my wife said, you should actually write it. You should actually sit down and, 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 and write it. And that was very difficult because it required me to sit down and go back and look at that man, but through the eyes that I have now. And I realized how devastating and how destruct destructive that man was but I felt I needed to get this book out so at least when people ask the question how there was something there that my words was there and I, I have to admit the reaction was was nothing that I ever thought possible I lay it all out on the table I talk about the multiple children that I had with multiple women I talk about finding my son through Facebook or actually my son finding me I talk about reconnecting with my father after 39 years I talk about getting caught cheating on my wife or well, girlfriend now wife um, three times I, I talk about the, the number of abortions and miscarriages, that chapter alone was, was, was brutally hard to write. I talk about the mistreatment of my, my first wife. I talk about a lot of things, and I have to say this when anybody listening. I don't believe technically it is the greatest book that's ever been written because I am growing as a writer. But what I believe is that my whole heart was placed between those pages, and, and when I go back, I can't even read some of the stuff. When I start to read it, I put it down because... When I start to think of how I live my life, it was it's cruel. And one of your um, big things I noticed from your website and the press release was you believe in writing from the heart. Yes, that's the motto of our company, Raven Publishing, writing from the heart the way it should be. I think people are scared to be themselves because you have so many people saying this is the norm. So I'm not going I could care less what the literary world says is this type of writing, that type of writing. I'm going to put it down because the one thing someone in pain understands is pain. And so when you put your pain out there and you let somebody understand that you overcame that pain, they could care less if you missed a period. They could care less if the comma is not in the right place. What they know is that the person is being honest because they know how difficult it is for them to even talk about it. So for you to put it down in a book and then say, here, I want to let you have this book, and I hope it helps you, I'm not worried about anybody in the literary arena who attacks me because I've seen the book change people's lives. So what's your number one bit of advice then to a new writer? Research, research, and then research again, and then understand what you're trying to do with your work. I tell a new author, understand what they're coming into the literary game to do, understand the craft, meaning that there's still some rules that you cannot break, find you a real good editor, and preferably somebody who writes as a profession, meaning that if they're a college professor, if they do something else, not just if they're an author, but something that requires them to have to look at writing on a regular basis, 
and don't be scared of criticism or negative reviews. You're going to get them. You're going to get reviews where you're going to actually question if you even have a brain inside your head. But understand that that's part of the game. And, and accept it. Enjoy it. Smile. Never be disrespectful. And if you stay grounded and faithful to what you believe, it'll take care of itself. That's great advice. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for taking so much time with us today. And I wish you well in all your endeavors. And thank you. Hope to see your ebooks on Amuse Now. <laughs> Definitely. I'm going to check it out as well as pass the information on. And, Libby, I want to tell you thank you so much. We are proof that if folks actually use social media in a positive way, it can lead to positive things. We met through Twitter without ever having met each other physically, and here we are talking. And I think if folks actually open up and learn to reach out to others, blessings will come. And this has been a blessing. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, too. You take care, and we'll talk again. Take care. God bless. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Cynthia Kahn, founder of Amuse Now. This featured artist presentation has been brought to you by AmuseNow Entertainment, a website that enables artists to profit from their creativity. To learn more about AmuseNow, visit us at www.amusednow.com or email me at ccon at amusenow.com.